listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coble. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is the 29th of August 2023 and it's still roasting hot so uh, looks like there could be a bit of rain about still although I'll hold my breath on that one let's see if we can go around about three quarters of an hour to the west and I should find Neil so good morning to you Neil and what's it like down there for you today Morning, Vince. It's uh, well. Good afternoon. It's uh, absolutely boiling again, but I can feel the humidity is going a bit. So it's not like it were last week when it were. Oh, it were really oppressive. You know, sweating all the time. But the the sun's it's still thirty five, but it, it there's not as much humidity. Yeah, and I can stand that. Um, that humidity that kills you. Well, it is, uh, plus the fact that um, when we mention anything in particular that um, the phone seems to not want us to talk about. It is rather strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's last three weeks we've had a go at this, isn't it? And it's just gone do lally on us. Yeah. OK, well, let's see if we can get a couple of topics out of the way uh, as we go to our first one. Here we go. Okay, so the first one we're looking at is the Metropolitan Police has said that the final day of Notting Hill Carnival was marred by serious violence after eight people were stabbed in one night. Detectives had praised the positive and good-natured atmosphere across the weekend, but officers were forced into action after the carnival descended into violence on Bank Holiday Monday. Police said that a 29-year-old man is in a critical condition after he was stabbed in Warfield Road, just off Harrow Road, shortly after 9pm. However, in the lead-up to that incident, there were several of the stabbings while an officer was bitten. Um, I don't know about you, I'm not the biggest fan of the the carnivals. Uh, I've got to the stage now where I think that everything's becoming politicised and, you know, it's just a question of um, how much can you pack in um, to have another go at um, the establishment. I mean, realistically, I'm looking at the newspaper. We have this newspaper now where you... um, It's online, so immediately you've got to look at a video while you're looking at the paper. And all I can see is a certain um, coloured people um, twerking, which is basically putting me off my breakfast or my dinner, whichever way, whatever time I'm looking at. Uh, totally and utterly inappropriate for an online newspaper, but it doesn't seem to matter. They just seem to put these these videos out now. I don't know if you've actually seen them, because I know you're not big into the internet, but I mean, um, it's just getting silly, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it always kicks off on the last day, people getting stabbed and shot and beaten up and God knows what. You know, they have a decent carnival for three days and then everybody wants to run amok on the last day. I don't get it. You know, everybody's supposed to be having a good time. And, and yeah, great. I mean, it's not my type of thing. I don't want to be marching. I do enough walking in the morning, never mind. I don't want to be going twerking out for about four days on trot, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it is politicised, like you say, no matter whether it's uh, nothing girl, whether it's gay pride, but, you know, all, all these uh, carnivals. At one time, we used to go on a car, we were in Pendlebury Legionnaires, and we used to go to nice places like Ripon and stuff like that, and everybody had a, a you know, a jazz band. And uh, they, they had the, uh, the carnival, and then the, the, all, the, all the bands used to follow on. And then they had a, a bit of a show at night with all the bands and doing other things. And it was great. No, he just thinks, you know, everybody just goes, do lally, nothing will carnival on last day. For all them people stabbing, you know, it's ridiculous. I suppose the, the reason why it happens on the last day is that um, the perpetrators of this sort of stuff, they know damn well that if it was on the first day, they'd probably just not have the second and third day or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. 
but they it, cancel it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know about you. Yeah. I look at these um, these people twerking. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think it's just an age thing because I didn't really like it when I was a younger person. I just feel that it's it, it's depraved. It's it's like. Um, you know, by all means, uh, you, you, if you're off your head and uh, you can't control yourself, you might be doing it. Uh, but quite frankly, it's not really—it's not really the behaviour of rational people for me. I mean, it, <laughs> the only people I saw on news that was working were biggins, really biggins. Yeah. You know, like uh, what, what she told that had that uh, a behind uh, made bigger and bigger and bigger. She's married to Kearney West or whatever he's called. Uh, the Kardashian yeah. person. And Kardashian, yeah, remember. And they're all like that. I thought, whoa, hang on a minute. If you're going to be filming something, at least put a nice little, you know, a nice little body on. You know, not these big jelly things that are bouncing about in front of you. Yeah, but even for, you know, even for nice, uh, I think it must be, it certainly must be degrading for some women. But then it's like the women seem to have lost their, uh, the way that they can behave now. I mean, there's nothing nicer than a, a nice, rather, you know, good-looking lady with a nice figure. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a prude or anything like that. But I think this twerking stuff, it's behaviour of animals. And I think um, i think to have that in the newspaper, online, and, and put there whether you like it or not, I just think it's another imposition of um, uh, to taking whatever standards we have as low as we can get them. Well, that, that's where the, the whole country's going, isn't it, in UK. Yeah. Okay, I won't... Standards are dropping all the time. There'll, uh, be no, there'll be no standards at all in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Okay, well, let's move on then. We'll go to the next one. Here we go. So it's all related. Metropolitan police officers will be banned, according to today's paper, from supporting woke causes while on duty. Britain's most senior policeman has warned, and his name is Sir Mark Rowley, says officers won't be allowed to take the knee, fly the rainbow flags or wear badges that support environmental causes. Uh, this is all reported in the Telegraph. However, the police commissioner said it is perfectly proper for officers to wear remembrance poppies, help for heroes wristbands and the police memorial badge. His view on the issue, uh, of course, uh, slightly different to his predecessor. So, first and foremost, I think this is good news. Um, I don't know whether you feel the same. Yeah, totally agree 100% with him. Uh, this walks and, and checking their knee and gay pride and, and all that lot. Listen, the police are like a referee in a football game, you know. They, they, they should be, in, you know, independent from it. And I agree that there should be help for heroes, the poppy day, because half of them that served and, and serving police people, they, you know, they, they should be remembered for what they've done. This this Walt Brigade, they shouldn't be remembered for anything, only trying to cause havoc and, and all, the, all the other things. I'm 100% with him with that. I think it's the best thing that's come out at police, uh, policeman's mouth for ages. Yeah, and, and uh, all the comments on the website seem to, to support what we're both thinking. Um, now, his predecessor was uh, Cressida Dick, made a dame, which annoys me immensely to give titles like Dame Cressida Dick and Sir Keir Starmer for me these people just aren't worth uh, they're not worth their own surname half of these anyway she had said it was uh, at each individual officer's discretion if they wanted to take a knee in support of Black Lives Matter under her command officers were initially allowed to take a knee even when they were policing protests However, later, uh, she claimed she ordered officers not to do so. She also allowed a police vehicle to be decorated in a rainbow colour scheme to show support for the LGBTQ community. I didn't really like the lady. I thought that it was like um, seeing the poison dwarf coming out to inspect the police. How on earth anybody chose her to lead the force was ridiculous for me. Exactly. I mean, how can you tell 
tell one of your officers, right, you're going out in, in a, a, a gay pride police van. Uh, do me a favour, will you? No, we know what coloured police vans are, and that's how they should stay. You know, at one time, they were Black Mariahs, weren't they? Exactly. So, but, yeah, yeah, but she just, you know, I mean... I'd, I'd like to see her go chasing a burglar, but, you know, how, how she got up to that position. Let's see what, what she did on duty, you know, when she was starting up in ranks. Well, only about four foot eleven or something, she five foot one or something. I think she was smaller than Jimmy Cranky. I mean, you know, the the thing that <laughs> <You're used to. laughs> well, the thing that annoys me <laughs> is if if she's if she's sanctioned a police vehicle to be decorated in a rainbow colour scheme, that means she's happy to have it promoted. And that's 0.03 of 1% of the total on the census that said they were LGBTQ, which is, um, for some reason, why would the chief of police support something like that when they know, Maybe they must know, they're not... They're not stupid. They must know that majority of the people are annoyed about this. She might be gay, you see, and support it. But you, you don't tell all your other officers that you're supposed to, you know, support it. Well, especially when you know, and people should know now, that Black Lives Matter is uh, discredited as an organisation. It was politically motivated in, the, motivated in the first place. And there's all sorts of things that have been written about who they are. When you look at these other Just Stop Oil and pieces, play people like that, uh, when you know that there's uh, websites, if I can t- find that out, then surely the police already would know that people can go on the websites and get funding to misbehave. So it it reeks to me of police who were complicit in what was going on. Yeah, I mean they they know all the leaders' names and this that and the other. They, they could have jumped, you know, jumped on them straight away. But oh no, if it's coming from the top, you've got to, you know, have a gay pride uh, police van and this that and the other. Well, what are you going to do about all the rest of them? Oh, nothing, nothing. Yeah, no, so it should be stopped. So if we've actually got one name, Cressida Dick, who basically supported it according to the newspaper. I've got to keep saying these things because we we do know that with the artificial intelligence, well, some things can be written that aren't particularly true. But she did give you the impression when you saw her on the television that she was supporting things like that. So, OK, I'll yeah. move away from this one. In fact, we'll go to some better policing next. So I've got something here which um, which we've got to go abroad for it, mind. So this has got to uh, Nevada now. You might have seen this. I hope you have because the rangers there, the police rangers, have smashed through a climate protest blocking the road to Burning Man in Nevada. As the footage showed, uh, you could see they took a no-nonsense approach to the activists. Uh, The video showed six demonstrators from Seven Circles and Extinction Rebellion jamming the street with a trailer causing traffic chaos and miles-long gridlock. The demonstrators locked themselves onto the trailer and appeared to clash with those trying to attend Burning Man on Sunday. I don't know what that is, by the way. It's some sort of an event. Um, But I did see the video, and um, you see, the police seem to know that they can get away with good policing, correct policing, when they've got a few uh, of these uh, sort of activists who are climate change people, because uh, they're, they're not the rough and tumble ones. They're not the, the, the likely to meet at Notting Hill. Um, your thoughts on that one? Oh, if you stickle them all over the road, that would do me as well. You know, because pre-warn, the next lot are thinking of doing it. Well, just be careful, because this is what's going to happen to you as well. Yeah, these really do get out people's noses. It's tailbacks, miles and miles. It could be ambulances, that we've said before, and, and you know, somebody, you know, is in need of help. And these lot of sat in the middle of the road throwing orange dust up and God knows what. No, just smash them out of the way. 
And if they're on a standing road, go run them over. You know. I always thought. Do yourselves a favour. I always thought we had an army in the UK, and I would have thought that they should really be having a police um, decision to say, right, the army can now look after you and get them off the road, clear them off, cart them off to whatever barracks, you know, and uh, inconvenience them for a while. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, now then, we had to go... Whatever it takes, just get rid of them to the side of the road. These these demonstrators, half of them are probably the, you know them that used to climb up trees and all that. Yeah. You know all them tree huggers. They just all like that. They just over there to to just get the fifteen minutes of fame. Well, put them put them for six weeks in prison, or as you say, take them to army banks at, at back barracks and let them have a have a go going round there. Okay. Well, now then, we've had to go to Nevada for some proper policing. So I'm sure you'll feel happier when I get you back to the UK and we can see some really first, first rate, absolutely spot on policing. Wait till you hear this. So we go to the Home Secretary first, and that of course is uh, Sue Ellen Breverman. Now, you probably remember she's decided to instruct the police to investigate every crime, no matter how minor. So fair enough, I agree with her, you know, they've got to get to the stage, got to get back to that. And if it's a minor crime, they should have desk staff doing that, shouldn't they? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with her on that, yeah. But, here we go now. Well, <laughs> uh, w- w- wait oh. till you hear this. Uh, this is all about BBC's resident wildlife, uh, Chris Packham is his name. And uh, he has um, been bird sniffing. Now, a lot of people won't know that uh, this has actually been a crime. Uh, so you've got burglary, stolen cars, bike theft, obviously, bird sniffing. It wasn't even aware that uh, bird sniffing was a thing, let alone a crime. Yet we learned, uh, as Sue Braverman was making her big announcement, that Hampshire police have opened an inquiry into allegations that the BBC... Resident wildlife botherer Chris Packham unawfully sniffed a trio of Goshawk chicks on live television. He even promoted it on his social media feed, writing, Tonight on The One Show, I get up close uh, and personal with some new forest goshawks, I think they're called. So, um, there's one outraged bird lover who's reacted to the incident in the same way as others have become incensed over the Spanish football official snogging a Women's World Cup winner. I'm reading this, by the way. Apparently, uh, you need a licence to sniff birds of prey. Who knew that? Hampshire Police confirmed we received a report on July the 2nd relating to an alleged offence under the Wildlife and Countryside Act. Report on July the 2nd relating to an alleged offence under that particular um, Act of 1981. And it's currently being reviewed by our Country Watch team. Country Watch? Isn't that the BBC's nature programme, which always seems to feature badgers blinking into hidden cameras? Do the police have a dedicated team of specialist officers sitting around watching TV on the off chance that they might catch Packham sneaking up behind a sparrowhawk and copping a furtive whiff? Obviously, you've got somebody uh, writing here who's, you know, <laughs> can see the funny side. No. It is a funny side, but well, it's stupid, isn't it? What's this sniffing, sniffing a hawk? I mean, I thought they were endangered and protected and, and all that then. Well, but he, he, that's him with the lisp, isn't it? Yeah. Chris Packham. He's on Country File and all that lot, yeah. Uh, and he has that uh, thing he watched, doesn't he? Summer watch or something, spring watch or whatever it is, and cameras in, in nests and God knows what. But, what. What do you want to sniff a hawk for? What, 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 is it, you know, is there something in it that you, 
Will it tell you that they're going to be very, very well and they'll go on to breed and this, that and the other? Well, I didn't it's see... Bird. <laughs> I didn't see the programme, but from what I'm reading, it would appear that, you know, um, it was just part of the programme. I mean, there must have been a reason why he'd want to sniff it, but, I mean, how can that be an offence? <laughs> well, it, it baffles me, because why would he want to sniff it? This is what... If you don't... If, it, if the programme doesn't tell you why he's doing it, and for what reason, and how it will help the, the hawk, then... There's no point in doing it. I don't get it. Well, yes, you've got your camera there and you're filming the, the, the baby hawks and the mother's gone out to get some food for them. I get that. But to pick them up and sniff, I don't get it. Where's, I don't think he picked the them reason? up. What's the end product? I don't think they, that he even picked them up. From the, from the picture that I saw in the paper, <laughs> it, it would appear that he just got behind them and sniffed. I mean, for goodness sake, where will this ridiculous nonsense and Neil I think I better so go to does, it, you, does he get a does he get a kick out of Hawk's poo you know and he, sm he smells that and he, get, he gets a kick out of it like sniffing cocaine or whatever well you I suppose I, mean? I, I suppose if it is an endangered species it probably will be looking for clues at what they are actually eating and whether or not maybe that's part of the um uh, you know, the reason why he would need to do it. But, I mean, for newspaper coverage, uh, for one person to be complaining to the TV, why would you Why would you take this to the nth degree of going to the police if it's only one person complaining? Yeah, I don't get it. OK. I honestly don't get the fair of it. Well, there's a whiff of something going on there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've got to revisit a theme because this is about dozens of hospitals have they've signed up to be graded by trans rights charities who tell them to stop using the terms mother and woman. Angry MPs have called for ministers to step in after 77 trusts joined the NHS Rainbow Badge Scheme, which rewards them for dropping gendered language from policies, forms and signs. The, the trust gains points for referring to maternity patients as clients and calling cervical screening col colposcopy instead of women's health. OK, um, I mean, first of all, what's, what, what's your reaction to... That's read from one of the papers. Ridiculous. If it's a, somebody in the maternity ward, it's a woman having a baby. Not a whatever, whatever the, the name they're going to come up with all this lot. No. Men and women. There's the men's ward. There's the women's. That's how it's been since... Adam were a lad, and that's how it should stay. All these fancy names, I thought we were getting off this Walt Brigade and all this politically correct merchants. No, it's it's ridiculous. So you'll get a point if, if you're more thinking to somebody who's basically a cross-dresser. You know, I don't get it at all. Well, it's more to the trust who are, you know, trying to make sure that everything is the way... They're supposed to have it, etc., etc. But I mean, uh, if you've got the rainbow badge, that tells its own story. And again, you know, if we go back to the percentages, I think we were looking the other week, it was only 4% of the population is gay, according to those that have bothered to uh, fill in the, uh, the census. So 4 and then 0 0.003 of a percent, if we want to look at the, uh, the, the other, uh, um, shall we say, category. Now, the reason why I mention all this is because they're trying to stop the name of mother or woman, which is absolutely creatively stupid, but also creating lots of problems. And if the 77 of these trusts have signed up to this, then I'd like them to pay attention to what I was reading yesterday. 
And it was about a lady who's 30 and she'd had twins. She was carrying twins. And you know as well as I do, because you're a dad, same as me, um, that, you know, for a woman to carry a baby is bad enough. To carry twins is a huge uh, responsibility, a huge chunk out of a young lady's um, uh, life. And when she becomes a mother, it's absolutely the gift of life that she's giving uh, her twins. Now, this particular sad event They've discovered um, that one of the twins had uh, died because it was a very rare disease where one twin takes the ambiotic fluid from the other. So this poor lady had to then carry the dead twin along with the the survivor uh, until they were able to do the life-saving operation that was necessary after a number of weeks. Now, the point I'm trying to make is we've been discussing nonsense. People who basically... I I do have... I used to have a lot more sympathy with those that maybe, um, you know, have got problems about identification of gender, this sort of thing. However, it is now absolutely uh, obvious to me that there's a number of people who are causing this problem and these people are caught up in it. They're caught up in the nonsense that's going on. You will never erase, in my mind, the mother. The mother, I had a mother. My wife is a mother. You're probably feeling the same. Who the heck is trying to eradicate the name of our mum, woman or whatever to just satisfy a few people who have got a bit of a misfortune, which which we which we don't want, but we're we're labelled we're lumbered with that because that's life, isn't it? Yeah, I'm with you all the way there, all the way. Okay, it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, the, the thing is, it's when will it all end? That's what we'd like to know. Um, so, so these people that are saying that, that, that we're going to eradicate the word mother and woman. Uh, what words are they trying to put in? They're putting words in that don't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? You can't say to your mother, "Oh, now you're you're a, a you birthing know, an identification." Birthing you know. person was one expression they were trying to use. I can't remember the others. Birthing person. Right. That, that's when she's giving birth. Yeah. No, no. That, but, that that's then, to replace mother. She, yeah, but when she's when she's birthed. Then she becomes a mother. <laughs> Listen. So, you know, doesn't she? For oh. the rest of her life, then she becomes a mother. Not a birthing person. You can't say, oh, well, I'm a birthing person to, to six kids or something like that. You know, what an absolute diabolical. There, there should be no rainbow badges on nurses or doctors' uniforms, the same as the police. You know, the same as Black Lives Matter. I, I would, this lot. I, would no. I would totally agree with you. I'd go even further. I would say no flags, rainbow badges, banners yeah. in any hospital or school for me. Yeah, because they're all independent things. They're, they're for helping all, all people. So you, if you're putting a rainbow flag on, does that mean you're getting better treatment than Joe Bloggs, who's next in queue? No, no, you're independent from all that lot. What what you do outside your working life, in your private life, that's fine. But don't fetch your private life and the way you want to live into the into the hospitals or into the police forces or the army or the navy. No, they're an independent body of people. All right, Neil, we'll move on. Um, I've just got one more of this type, and then hopefully we might get away from it. Okay, so five teenage girls have written to the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, urging him to keep single-sex toilets in schools to guarantee female pupils' safety and dignity. This is uh, an open letter, and the girls are between 13 and 15, and um, they want the Prime Minister to tackle the issue head-on when the government issues its long-awaited 
transgender guidance to schools. The girls, who used only the first names to sign their letter for fear of a backlash from trans activists, said single-sex facilities were an essential safeguarding feature of school. Um, The letter warns that in many schools, girls are so uncomfortable with having to use the toilets there that they simply don't go at school, risking urinary tract infection. They decided to write to uh, the Prime Minister after almost 12,000 people signed an online petition launched by one of the girls calling for single-sex spaces to be protected in schools. Okay, so this is after... A school in Southampton where uh, recent protests against the introduction of gender-neutral toilets amid claims that boys were photographing girls in the gaps above or below the toilet cubicles. A teenage boy was arrested after police investigated reports that a number of girls were being sexually assaulted in mixed-sex toilets at another school in Essex. Um, You see, they've made a problem that never existed for me. When they had single-sex toilets, you could quickly, as a teacher, go straight to the uh, to the toilet block and say, Oi, you're not supposed to be in there. Get out. End of story. You know, if, if the uh, kid was persistent, you'd say, Right, you either get suspended or uh, get a punishment, whatever. But you don't hang about the toilets. It's a private space, isn't it? Exactly. Girls' toilets are girls' toilets. You don't want to... A tranny man walking in there to go in, you know, to the, you know, to to go to ladies' toilets. Do please do. I thought schools had a duty of care to the pupils. So what what they're saying is, any pervert that that sees herself as a, a woman can go in girls' toilets. No, it's not on. When uh, there were crazy a couple a few years ago, weren't they? Upskirt photographs, you know, uh, on the phones. Uh, checking picture that yeah. became uh, a no-no. If you got caught, you got fined, or you got you know w- whatever punishment there were. This is even worse than that. The man can walk in a, a woman's toilet, but because he says I, I, I see myself as a as a woman, can go into girls' toilets. No, yeah. w- where are we going down this line? Everybody's losing the plot completely. Well, perverts that want to go and 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 see girls in in the toilet. No. Well, the, the, this restricted to uh, the children. Um, there's a letter or a comment underneath the article. It's shameful that a group of thirteen to fifteen year old girls are having to plead for what is right. Uh, governments are elected to do what is right and follow the will of the people or so we're led to believe is the advantage of living in a democratic society our politicians have forgotten their role in the master-servant relationship and autocracy is overwhelming democracy what's worse is the Labour Party although lacking policies has shown they will accelerate this dystopian shift look um you're the father of girls. I'm the f- father of boys. And if my boys had been caught loitering around uh, the the toilets per se, then they would have got into trouble. It would appear that at the moment, even the basics, which is basically keep out of the loo unless you need it. And then you don't go in the other girls' loos of the boys and the boys don't and the girls don't go in the boys' loos. I mean it, it's it yeah, was working. We never had problems, did we really? Yeah. We, we 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 still don't. If I go into a bar down in Benadol and it's ladies, gents, yeah? I go in gents, I wouldn't dream of just walking into ladies' toilet. I think it were absolutely disgusting of me. To think I, I can just walk in. No, and this duty of care at school, especially 13 to 16 year olds, that's the time of their life, they, you know, they're coming into puberty and all this lot, so they've got enough problems with that without some some young buck comes walking in. Oh, hey, what's going on here? You know, nah, it's all wrong. I think the problem in a general sense now, because they've mentioned in this article, democracy, autocracy, call it what you will. If you've got a law and people know what the law is or the bylaw or even the rule, then we all know where we stand. (laughs) 
in the, in the case of the, the gents, or, you know, obviously, if you're going to a ladies' loo, uh, you know that's a designated area for you. Now, I think the problem is that we are now, we're being overrun by a small group of troublemakers. I mean, even within that 0.03%, there'll be numbers who are decent, ordinary people who are caught up in a problem of not their making. However, if it is your problem and it's not your making, why give the problem to everybody else? You've just got to exactly. you've, you've got to accept. I mean, it's like when we've got people who, who are um, ill or, um, you know, handicapped or anything like that. They just have to get on with life. You know, by all means, you make it as pleasant as you can for them. But you don't let the 0.03 and a part of that make out um, a big, big problem that suddenly everybody is now suffering with this ridiculous stuff that's going on. That's the problem for me. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, then two schools should be should have to get that sorted. And and I mean, no, one out of no more. That's boys. That's girls. You don't go in there, and you don't go in there. End yeah. of. Okay. Here's the next one coming up. Uh, we'll go to. Now this is right up your street. Okay, so the uh, speeding car is now got something else to worry about. Speed cameras targeting British drivers in the future will be able to fly and catch motorists braking to try and avoid being fined for going over the limit. Experts think the new breed of technology might become so advanced it will be able to detect if music is too loud and distracting in the car. And in the most worrying look ahead, there are even thoughts undetectable drones might also become the norm around the UK's roads. I think that's already probably here now. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, uh, but you see, uh, every chance they get, they can have a they can have a pop at motorists and this, that, and the other. And we've got this air pollution thing going on, ULEV and ULES and all that. But they're putting speed humps everywhere. Yeah, what they don't realise is you, you cause more pollution when you're coming down. Say it's just a thirty mile an hour thing. You're coming to the umps at thirty mile an hour, so you coming off the accelerator, you go over the ump, then you put your foot down again to, to go to the next one. That's causing more pollution than just going along at, you know, at 30 or at 40 or whatever because you're stopping and starting and stopping and that which causes more air pollution. And it's the same. If you, if you get caught speeding, then you get caught speeding, right? You get an endorsement or points or whatever it is and uh, don't do it again, you know. Or if you know you, you can see a 40 mile an hour sign, a 50, 30, whatever, then just go within that point. I think it's point ten percent. You can go up to 33. That's your maximum. Stick with it. You know, uh, yeah, th these drones will be all over show. But I think it's mainly. I mean, I'm. You know, I, you know, I, I I like fast cars and that, like on motorway, and that's when you can go and give it. You know, give it what it's worth. But uh, yeah, if I get caught, I get caught. And I, I pay the fine, or I check the points and pay the fine, or whatever. But to, to say to put speed humps there in in these areas, that's causing more air pollution that they were madded about in the first place. Then these cars going faster, it it causes more pollution stopping and starting. I, I I'm not too sure really which is the most. Yes, I am. I shouldn't say I'm not sure. Um, if you've got cars travelling at super speed, I mean, I'm talking about we're, we're 120, which is not a bad speed to be going at. Um, if you somebody going past you at 140, I don't have a problem with them getting um, a ticket. Um, however, no matter how hard you try to keep your speed to 120, you do have times when, without realising it, you've gone 130, 140 but it's not when the other cars are about. It's usually, you know, when either the... When it's, when it's a clear motorway, yeah, I'm with you. 
But uh, you better tell listeners we're, we're doing 120 and 140. How is this kilometres, by the way? Of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously the equivalent is 70 miles an hour in the UK. Um, if you if we were to say 70, I know when I've been going over Bodmin more, you know, without meaning to speed, uh, you can easily go up to 80 before you've blinked an eye. And it's not that you're trying to do something that's bad. But, uh, yes, I, in principle, think you should keep to the speed limits, but they should also make all the speed limits sensible, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. As I say, these, these umps and all that, they, they're causing more of a problem than the cars that are just going through nice and bonny, which is, say, 10 over speed limit or whatever. You know, but them that are going like mad lunatics, you know, Blasting through them and, and all this, yeah. Uh, they they should get, yeah, they should get punished for it. Okay. I must say though, on my defence, it's been thirty four years since I got a speeding uh, <laughs> speeding ticket. Long... Now we're doing sixty in a forty, by the way. Long overdue. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Okay, now then, you're a traveller, you've been here, there and everywhere. Stephanie Winfield and Carl Snowden in the 30s jetted to the Dominican Republic on a £4,000 two-week holiday and were looking forward, as you do, to sun, sea and cocktails. Instead of an idyllic uh, break, they had a nightmare as they were forced to change their room three times at the uh, five-star Rio Palace Bavaro. Uh, this is Punta Cana. Carl was left bedridden for three days after being covered in sores and unable to go on an excursion, leaving Stephanie to go on her own. And even now, two weeks after getting home, uh, he still has the scars. At one point, Stephanie uh, was also locked in the bathroom after the handle fell off from the door and a light fitting also from, from the ceiling, narrowly missing them. Okay, these things you do read about from time to time. Did you have anything like anything like that ever happen to you? I've been there. I've, I've actually been, you know, uh, and it, it didn't cost me four thousand. I'm going back now, nineteen uh, eighties. Yeah, it was two hundred and ninety nine. And as you pulled up at the gate, these golf buggies come for you. They take you, you never touch your luggage, they put you in your room, they show you where everything is. Absolutely beautiful. If you want to go down to the beach, which is, you know, it's only 100 yards, if you just press the button, one of these uh, golf buggies will come and take you to the beach and then you just put your flag up if you want to go back. Absolutely fantastic. Five star. Wonderful. Never had a problem. Then... When we was and this were on Granada News and everything and in the sun and all this, right? We'd had a fantastic holiday. It cost peanuts, and when when we were getting set off, the plane was still stuck on Manchester runway, on its runway to come out to fetch us, you know, fetch us back. So all they did was put us straight back into our room. Everything were all inclusive and every, all that lot, and we had another week before this plane could get anywhere with a monarch. And uh, everything, they couldn't have done as much for you as they could. All of a sudden, you've got them all on phones, because they were phones then, uh, to the Sun newspaper, and the Sun newspaper are flying people out, and this, that, and the other, and taking pictures and climbing up ladders, looking over walls to see what was going on. And it was an absolute fantastic resort. And everything for you. So I just phoned in work. I said, if you, if you watch Granada Reports, that's my play, and I'm still waiting for it. So I won't be in until, you know, till I get back. And nobody nobody had a problem with it. But you had a few of them. They won't claim this and claim that. Well, when we got off the plane at Manchester, they give us a form to fill in and they will sort it out. So you, you, you only get you only get these. But I've, I've never seen light fittings drop down. And, and uh, well, if these bed bugs, you just get hold of them straight away and get it that, that slung out and fumigated and another one put in. But I, I couldn't fault, uh, yeah. Okay. I, fault, I can't remember who I went with, neither. I've got another one. Monarch Airlines. 
I've got another one with you in, in mind, which I thought would be interesting. So um, let's go to this one. Okay, so uh, this is a lady from Los Angeles and she stopped eating most meat and fish after being diagnosed with breast cancer and undergoing a mastectomy in 2013. But instead of feeling better, she began fainting up to 20 times a day, breaking out in hives and rashes and suffering from heightened anxiety and anaphylaxis, whatever that is. She became so bloated she looked pregnant and uh, she was a Reiki master. Um, She was told it was post-cancer ailments, but her symptoms were actually caused by undiagnosed Lyme disease, which she'd been unknowingly battling for over 30 years. Now, you know, we we have a little bit of a banter regarding, you know, whether to eat meat or whether not to eat meat or whatever. Um, I mean, some people always will have, you know, a a tale to tell one way or the other um, because of the way they live their life. And, you know, I only look around normally at people who look healthy and I think, yeah, okay, we'll maybe find out a little bit about... um, what they do to keep healthy and stay healthy. And those that have got bad luck or bad health, I mean, realistically, um, very often they can be doing things, but it's just a lot of it's just down to the look of the drawer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, peanut allergies, you know, your peanut allergy, uh, that Lyme disease, it's around your stomach, isn't it? It's, it's your, you know, your st- inside your stomach and... It, it, it can make you blow up and then you go back down again and then you go... But I, I eat what I'm comfortable with. I do watch what I eat. You know, I have steaks, you have fish. I, I'm allergic to seafood, you know. So, I mean, I, I've only ever had one reaction that I didn't know that I was eating seafood. And, uh, boy, were I ill. Oh, yeah. horrible. But, uh, yeah, it, if I want some meat, I'll have some meat. If, if I don't, I have salads. You know, everything in moderation, really. You know, and I, I'm doing all right. I feel all right. I'm, as you say, I'm, I'm quite healthy. I have a walk every day. I do sit-ups. I do, you know, I just have a, a small routine. It's nothing big like going into the gym, chucking half a ton of iron over my head and all that. <laughs> but I just do what, what what keeps me, you know, what keeps me, my legs going, my knees going, my, my hips, you know. And uh, I look after it, you know. I just look after myself as best I can. Yeah. But if... But there are, there are other people that that can eat say, something like a banana, and and then all of a sudden they, they, they feel as though they're dying. And it, it, at one time, I remember, uh, I would, uh, I, I, I seemed allergic to something, and they, they sent me to the skin hospital, and they put all these these little jabs in me up my arm, and see which one would react, like a mosquito bite or a food or, you know, and uh, I got the all clear on that. You could go and uh, and have it done. You know they wanted you know to see how people react to certain things. Yeah. And as I am, mine were okay. But other people, parts of their arms were swelling up, or they were going blood red, and, and itchy, and all sorts. And that's how you find out, you know, how somebody reacts to certain foods and certain drinks and and whatever. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think we're nearly on the last one. If not, we've got two, but uh, we'll try this one. Okay, this is a story from the UK. Nat West is the bank. Banks are getting on everybody's nerves these days, and I think uh, we'll see why as the fury after revealing the former boss, Dame Alison Rose, is set to receive a 2.4 million pay pack. Uh, This is a payoff uh, after resigning in disgrace in a row over Nigel Farage's bank account, if you remember that one, um, where they decided that Nigel couldn't go and bank with them. So um, this was the elite private bank owned by Nat West at Coots, 
She resigned after she admitted to being the source of an inaccurate story about Mr Farage's finances following a discussion with a BBC journalist. Okay, elsewhere in this article, it goes on to tell us the company has said it will continue to review her planned payout and bonus and Dame Allison is currently seeing out her 12-month notice period with the banking group. Well, surely she should be, should, she should be sacked immediately. She's caused a furore. And your pension gets knocked and a bonus. That, that's the trouble. When, when you're that high up in all these places, right, they give them a bonus for failure. I thought you only got a bonus if, if everything were going smoothly and you, you were making more money. Well, that, no. go, that goes in line. No, you can fail. You can be in a job 12 months, you can fail, and you get massive payouts and a pension for life that everybody else would drool over. Well, let's look at the, let's look at the figures. Um, 1.15 million in salary, uh, 1.55,000 in NatWest shares. Uh, which she received over a five-year period, and 111, sorry, 115 in pension payments. So the the pay deal was about 2.43 million. Who the hell can justify that money for any of their executives? I don't care who they are. All they're doing is gambling with other people's money. That's what they do for a job. Yeah, they gamble our money. Yeah, but no. The closing banks, so they're getting rid of all these jobs. And you've only got so many, and I don't have cards, you know, go and get some money out of a wall yeah, and, and all that lot. You know, so all the money they're saving off all these people and the closing banks and God knows what, yeah, how greedy do they want to be, these people? But if, if, you, if you don't make anything, why should you get a bonus for failure? It just doesn't make sense. Any business couldn't run like that. But what they're doing is basically stealing money off us because they're gambling with our, our money. And, and if they go under, you know, if they go under, you'll only get, in England, 85000 maximum. If you've got more than that in your account, you lose that. You don't actually lose it. They keep it. And it over, in, it over here in Spain, it's €75,000. Yeah. If the banks go... <coughs> You know, so where you, where can where do these multi-millionaires and billionaires put the money? They, they can't be it with this eighty-five thousand and seventy-five thousand euros. Where, where do they put the money? <laughs> well, they probably put it offshore and uh, in trust well, and anywhere where they won't yeah. get the taxes that we get. Well, you know, but they won't tell us in, if we're going bank. You know, to see the bank manager and say, well, listen. I've got 150,000. Uh, I'd like to keep 85 in here. So where can I put this that won't go, you know, won't go uh, and, and fall off the radar and, and I lose all my money? They'll not tell you. Well, there's they, a... they, they, they basically want you to keep as much in their bank as they can that they can play with. And if they do fail, then, well, unlucky. Yeah, but oh. they still get the money, but we don't. Going back to this particular case, uh, there's a comment from somebody um, from London and they're saying a more junior employee would have been dismissed for gross misconduct. Discussing a customer's Correct. business with an outside third party is one of the most serious breaches of policy that can be. She should have been sacked. The bank can still investigate a matter even after a resignation and decide that the person's actions were serious enough to warrant dismissal. I mean, where would you need to actually uh, investigate if she's already admitted it? She's discussed his finances with the third party, hasn't she? Exactly. And she, <laughs> it, it just beggars belief that, right... Yes, I, I, wrong. Yeah, I shouldn't have done. I'll resign, but I'll stay on for. I'll get another twelve months pension. I'll get so much for that, and then so much payout, and so and my shares, and all this lot. No, you're sacked. Never mind. You're going to resign. You're fired. Gross misconduct. You're fired. End of. Bye bye. We'll give you what you're entitled to for where, where 
up to today when we've sat you. No. It, this, and then, don't forget, at the end of it, they might say, well, it wasn't, it weren't really all her fault. It was some, you know what I mean? And she's yeah. back again in it. Okay, here's the last one. just move on to another bank. Yeah. Right. Here's the last one. Okay, this is uh, going back a- about to just over a week. A self-proclaimed vigilante um, stopping bike thieves in their tracks as he patrols a city, hunting down stolen bicycles via online advertisements and tip-offs and reuniting them with their owners. So this guy called Terry Wall has saved more than 500 bikes since 2019 by taking matters into his own hands and helping stricken victims. Now, this is as police or forces are increasingly failing to tackle such crimes, blighting the lives of everyday people. This guy's a company director, set up a, a Facebook group which has amassed about 11,000 members, all of whom chip in and help when a member of the community reports a theft. Uh, so a comment, uh, if you knew the workings of the police, it's now loaded with academics who do not want to work the streets. They aim to get at least three pips on the shoulders in the first three years of joining, having never made a formal arrest or been involved in a tussle. Don't even start me on the gender and diversity agenda as it would rock the taxpaying public to the core. With him all the way there. What a guy. But yeah, yeah, as you say, the police are doing absolutely nothing about it. So he's, he's took it on himself. He's, say, five, 500 people a load of misery and, and we're finding the bikes. And, and police would charge him if, if he ended up in a scuffle and he put somebody on floor, but they were a stolen bike, they'd do him. You know, <laughs> the, law, the law's a complete ass. It is, and sadly, uh, I really... Uh, well, let's hope from what we were reading this morning that it's starting, at least somebody might be trying to help change the balance. I'm going to finish off by telling you about... Yeah, I'll tell you about a maintenance worker who's critically ill and unable to breathe unaided. He was attacked by a swarm of bees, stung around 2,000 times. This is at an Arizona golf course. It's thought the man disturbed a hive near a lake as he worked with a colleague at the Pebblebrook course in Sun City. I don't know whether you've played there, Neil. It won't surprise me if you have. No. Um, emergency. No, no, it's too expensive for me, that. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Go on. Yeah, I know when uh, I I've, went... I've seen... I've seen a wasp nest come out of a, you know, like out of a tree. Yeah. You know, some. Uh, it were on the hole I were on. It was on the adjacent hole, and all of a sudden this swarm were all around these golfers, and you should have seen them getting the buggies as quick as they could, and just off they went. Oh, hey, you, you don't want to be tied up with them bees and wasps, no. Well, funny enough, um, oh, Anne knocked over a little pot in the garden, and she felt something. Um, obviously sting a hand and it all came up last week and anyway she got that sorted it, it was a week of inf- inflammation and quite nasty swol- swollen hand and then we, we happened to spot in that pot underneath something else was the uh, the, the wasp nest so you're right oh. yeah they, they, they yeah. are not my favorite creature I've got to say well, wasps are no good for anything. They don't. They don't do any good for anything. You know, for plants or flowers and all that. I don't know why they exist. You know, at least bees do. You know. What but about no, what about no, co- wasps and, uh, cockroaches? What about them? What about? Well, uh, like cockroaches, you want to see me running after him, trying to batter him. If one comes running in the streets, I'm I'm like John Cleese. Try to stamp on them. No, I don't like them things neither. They're horrible. Dirty. Yeah. No. All right, Neil. Well, we've... Uh, running round, <laughs> Right, we've um, upset uh, maybe one or two people because, obviously, uh, some of these things have just got too stupid now. And I'm sorry if it upsets one or two people. It's about time it all stopped and we got back to normal. That's how I feel. Uh, Neil, I'm sure Thank that you, you feel the same. Hey, Vince, I don't know how true it is, but somebody says we might get a bit of rain this week. 
I, I, I can't wait for it. The minute it comes, I'll go out in garden and just let it all pour on me because we've not had any since May. Well, we Can had, yeah, we had a we had a night of it uh, two nights ago. So I'm looking at the clouds now. I said that in Benidorm, they had hailstones in Benidorm, and we what are we? We're five mile inland. Yeah, we we didn't get anything, nothing. All right, Neil, I I will write the appropriate letter. We'll see what we can do. All right, see you later. (laughs) Thanks, Neil. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Vince.